Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. This episode is a little bit different. It is more for the coaches and it's about something that I have noticed in the fitness industry and I've spoken to many other people and coaches about this and something I feel very passionately about and that is that some of the best coaches are leaving the fitness industry or even just aren't helping enough people because they don't know how to sell themselves. And I absolutely get that. I spent years feeling really icky, I guess is the right term. (laughs) I guess that's the politically correct term. Um, I felt icky about sales and marketing. And I was like, oh yeah, but I'm I'm like, I'm good at what I do and that, that should be enough. Well, it's not. Like, the truth is... If you can't sell yourself, you can't help as many people. So you're standing in your own way. If you're a trainer because you want to help people, I don't know, do more exercise or show people that they don't have to over-restrict to get results or improve people's relationship with food or free people from lifelong dieting. If you want to do all of these good things and have such good impact, good, good doesn't seem like a strong enough word if you want to have this really important impact on other people you need to be able to market yourself otherwise you cannot help them it's no good sitting with those skills and that ability to really change people's lives and not being able to showcase your skill not being able to actually help other people because nobody knows what you can do that will help nobody you have to be able to sell your services. And as a personal trainer, that often feels a lot like selling yourself to a certain extent. You cannot be a good coach without the ability to do this. And sadly, at the moment, there is this distinct discrepancy between the best coaches and the people with the biggest businesses or the people with the most clients. And there are numerous reasons for this, but one of the most influential reasons is that those with the bigger businesses tend to sell themselves better, tend to speak to their audience better, and tend to put themselves out there. Maybe they feel less imposter syndrome. Maybe they feel it and they do it anyway. Maybe it's because they're blissfully unaware of how much they have left to learn, which means that they genuinely don't feel any imposter syndrome or lack of confidence. Whereas on the other side, these really incredible, well-educated coaches are aware of how much they have to know, how much they have left to learn, or how much they don't know yet. And they acknowledge that. And the fact that there is always more to learn is a great thing. And it's a great trait to know that and to acknowledge that. But it can also hold you back If you can't accept that there is truly always more to learn, which means that if you're waiting for the right time, it's never because there'll always be more to learn. That's a good thing. But if you're letting it hold hold you back and procrastinating because you think that you need to know it all to start or when you get your next qualification, then you'll be confident enough to start or that you have to have everything figured out before you start, that you have to have this perfectly designed programme before you start. The truth is, you will never be 100% ready and you can't possibly have the perfect plan 
before you start because you learn by doing. And actually, how quickly things move on the internet and with online coaching, like if you're waiting to start and creating this perfect plan, it will be outdated by the time you start. You simply cannot know what's going to work until you get out there and start figuring it out and start working with people. And if you want to get great, you have to start good. You cannot start great. Approaching life in general, but coaching like this or your coaching program or the service that you're delivering your clients. That's a really weird way of saying service. The service that you're delivering your clients. It's almost Geordie there. Wow. Anyway, if you approach things with this mindset, you remove this fear of failure because you're embracing failure as an inevitable. It is part of business. Your first podcast won't be amazing. Your first lead generation tool probably won't suddenly kickstart your whole business. Your first group coaching program won't be smooth. There will be failures. You will make mistakes and you'll learn from them and you'll get better from those mistakes. If you accept that failure is part of the process, then you can reduce your fear of failure. Oh, and on this note of fear of failure, I have been reading or rereading actually, and when I say read, I think we all know by this point, listening to, (laughs) um, feel the fear and do it anyway. And in this book, it describes how at the core of all of our fears is this belief that we won't be able to handle it and like it can be anything right we won't be able to handle the consequences of whatever it is so it could be an example like I wouldn't be able to handle the consequences of not getting this job or what it would do for my self-esteem if I applied for this job and then didn't get it or I wouldn't be able to handle the rejection of asking someone out and then saying no and as soon as you embrace the fact that you can deal with it you can deal with whatever life throws at you and you truly trust yourself that that will happen. You know what? If I don't get this job, there'll be another job. If this person says no to me, so what? There'll be another person to ask out. If you can feel the fear and do it anyway in the belief that no matter what happens, you will deal with it. And by the way, that might seem like for some people a bit of a jump, like, oh, well, I don't know if I could deal with anything that happens to me. Okay, well, It might have been painful at the time, but you have come through all of your hardest days. So your track record of being able to deal with life, what life throws at you is pretty damn good. And you should use that as fuel to be able to do things that scare you because you will be okay. Do you know what? If you do stand up and you give, if I stand up at Level Up next weekend and I give the worst talk of my life, like gosh I hope I'm not like foreseeing that happening I'm actually very excited about it but anyway if I did that I would get over it like it would be awful but I would get over that and I'd learn from it and I'd make sure that it never bloody happened again but I'm putting myself in a position where that could happen I am feeling the fear and I'm doing it anyway anyway back to my point which was what was my point oh yes failure is part of growing a business, growing a successful business, trying things and it not working and learning from it and moving on. It is all learning. When you can really embrace that failure is all learning, you really start to grow. And one of the things I love the most about business is like finding new problems to find solutions to. As you evolve and as you adapt, 
everything will change again and you kind of have to relearn stuff or find new ways around stuff. That is the joy of growing a business. If you don't love that stuff, you probably shouldn't be growing a business because that's what it's all about, especially when it's online and everything moves so fast. What worked for your first 10 clients won't work when you have 50 clients. And what works when you had 50 clients won't work for 100. What works when you have 100 will not work for 600. That you always have to be growing and adapting. And that is the fun and excitement of growing your own business. But also the stress and constant work that needs to be done. If you are a coach and you really struggle to market yourself, or you feel like you know you give a good service, but you kind of lack that confidence. And confidence is so important, not just in your marketing, but in you actually getting results for your clients. You have to be confident in what you do. Even if you think about, I was speaking about this this week, actually, putting yourself in a client's position and how useful that is to see that kind of insight. If you can really put yourself in those shoes, and if you can't, then go and be a client. It's so, so valuable to your business. If you can put yourself in those shoes and think, what would I want from a coach? Essentially, you're asking yourself, like, would I work with me? What attributes would I want from a coach? One of the key ones is confidence, confidence in your message, reassurance, the belief that I know I can get you results because I've done it for thousands of people before. And I I am confident in my knowledge and my ability to do that. That's what you're looking for in a coach. And that's probably what you're looking for in a mentor as well. If I had no confidence in my ability to grow your business and to help you get to where you want to go, there's no way that you would sign up to work with me. If this sounds a bit like you, or if you've maybe been exposed to business gurus that tell you that you need to follow their specific plan, even though it's not how you want to run your business or serve the niche of people that you really want to help, then AFM is for you. The reason that I started mentoring is I want to show coaches that you don't need to give up your morals or your ethics or sell out or sell things that you don't believe in or in a way that you don't believe to grow your business. You don't need to be pushing on people's pain points and trying to get them to sign up even when they don't really want to. Like what you want is you want to get people who want to work with you certainly not people who you are forcing yourself upon that is no way to start a relationship you may be able to get a decent amount of signups in a short period of time but in the long run that will hurt you and I see this you know I'm a bit of a grandma in the industry now I've been here a long time and I see people use these tactics and they're like a flash in the pan like yeah they make a load of money in the first month and then when people realize that what they were sold isn't what they're getting or when they're hugely incongruent with their messaging their business flops so the graph kind of goes up and then it goes massively down whereas what I often see with really really good coaches is initially they really struggle to start and part of that is not being able to market themselves or not having the confidence market the confidence to market themselves and then things start to move and when things start to move that can be exponential We are a little bit different at AFM because we start with your business values and what's important to you. At the moment, we have 11 spaces open. I'm going to shut that at 20th of April, no matter how many that we have. I'm quite picky about who I work with. So 
I want you to fill in the application links in the show notes description if you are interested or you can find that at the AF Mentors website which is afmentors.com or you can message me at AF Mentors if you want to chat to me first but I would recommend filling in the application because then we can chat over email um just fill that in it's very quick very easy and I will email you back and the reason for this is I really want to make sure that we are a good fit and that I'm the right person to help you and if I'm not I will try and find someone who is But I also want to make sure, more on a selfish note, that you're a good fit for the group because we have an incredible group who are all so, so supportive of each other and offer each other ideas, solutions, perspectives, different inputs. A lot of the AFM team network and collaborate together, which means that I really want to aim for quality of coaches that have kind of similar or aligned values. I don't think people have to have the same values. I think that's unrealistic and kind of boring, actually. But they can't have conflicting values. I think that's what I've realised more recently. You don't have to have the same values, but they can't be conflicting. So I'm really about quality of coach over quantity of coach. And I genuinely only want to work with people that I think that I can help. The kind of ethos behind... AFM and the group is that everyone has ideas, everyone has experience, everyone has their own perspective and you can learn a shit ton from everyone. If you surround yourself with the right people who are willing to share and willing to build each other up rather than see each other as competition, you will be amazed at what you can achieve. So we're all about like supportive vibes only. If you put the right people around you your growth will be incredible and I think being self-employed it can be a little bit lonely running your own business can be a little bit lonely but with a support network it doesn't have to be and you will not find anyone who is going to push you harder than I will but I also want to make sure I provide the support so that I'm not pushing you into overwhelm I'm pushing you into slight discomfort which is growth right I'm going to push you, but I'm not going to overwhelm you. So if this sounds like what you need for yourself and your business, head over to afmentors.com. And if you want to chat to me about growing your business or if you're the right fit or and and if we're the right fit for you, then fill in the application on the website and I will email you directly. Have a lovely day.